Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. Fussy eaters. If you've got one, you know how hard it can be. My goodness, it's so challenging. The simplest things that you used to do, you know, like just cook one meal for everyone and know that your child would be fed for the evening all gets a lot harder. And the guilt, oh my goodness, I have felt bowed down by the guilt of my child not eating the right kind of foods. Now the latest research seems to indicate that kids are getting fussier. Joining us on the line to explain more is specialist paediatrician, Dr. Deb Levy. Hi, Deb. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Good. Um, Look, your research has found that 75% of us are worried that our kids aren't getting enough nutrition. How do you recommend we figure out, I guess, which food battles to fight? Yeah, it's it's really tricky, isn't it? I mean, I'm both a mum and a paediatrician, so I see it from both sides. Um, And, you know, I guess getting a little bit technical to start off with, you know, just looking at what the stats do show, because that that'll give us an idea of, um, you know, where to go from here. Um, research done recently by, um, by Blackmores has shown that 85% of our children in Australia are fussy around certain foods. And um, the majority of those children are fussy around, no surprise here, vegetables. <laughs> yes. so, exactly, so 75% of children. And even the Australian Bureau of Statistics backs that up with um, their estimation of only 5% of Australian children having the recommended serves of vegetables a day. So, yes, as you said, parents are worried and, um, you know, and they, they should be because it, the more foods that children are excluding from the diet, their diets, the more at risk they are of developing nutritional deficiencies. And can I just ask, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, my daughter was extremely fussy. She's just turned six and started to develop more of an acceptance of foods. Like she wouldn't eat any meat. She 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 did eat a few veggies, but not many. And now she seems to be branching out a little more. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, a toddler who's fussy at three may not be at six and, and could pick up um, a more balanced diet. Would that be right? Absolutely. Um, you know, and you can also look at it from the, um, the perspective of having a period of fussy eating is actually a part of your normal development. Um, it's a part of children learning that they can have control over certain things and um, developing a sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it can be normal. I guess where it becomes worrying is how many foods are they avoiding, what foods are they avoiding, and then what are they actually eating instead? Um, yeah. So, so if we talk about um, some, some of the stats, I believe, from your research include, you know, 61% don't like Brussels sprouts, 45% don't like spinach, 32% don't like broccoli. I mean, these kinds of food, I, I still don't like Brussels sprouts. I mean, mm-hmm. are there, is it kind of easy to predict which vegetables they will embrace and which ones they'll push away? 
look, traditionally children will usually gravitate towards sweeter foods, um, and that comes from our taste buds from when we're born. Mother's milk is actually quite sweet. Um, so often you'll find that children will prefer things like pumpkin and sweet potato um, and and not so much the more bitter vegetables, which is why it becomes important to perhaps explore different ways of of cooking, different ways of preparing them. You know, take Brussels sprouts, for example. You know, yes, boiled, it tastes really quite revolting, you know, but if you roast them, add some butter, you know, some good healthy fats to it, really can actually be quite tasty. So, um, you know, it, it, there is a case of experimenting a bit and, and also not giving up and, and trying foods again and again. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Deb Levy. She's a specialist paediatrician and she's here to talk to us about fussy eaters, which I know a lot about only in terms of having one myself, not in terms of how to solve the problem. Um, So when you mentioned earlier, Deb, you said um, it's good to keep an eye on what they're not eating and then perhaps what they're replacing it with. Of course, many parents will understand what I mean by an all-white diet. It was a time when my daughter, she just wouldn't eat anything but pasta. So what is wrong if a child just, I mean, aside from the obvious, what's happening when all a child eats is those white foods? Well, I think that, as I mentioned earlier, it does have an it does have a a part of it is about the child determining what they're willing to do and what um, they, they're trying to have a sense of control over. And then they develop certain tastes that they're familiar with, that they enjoy, and then they're comfortable with it. It's a, a place of safety for them. You know, most of us have got a child who, for example, has watched the same movie 20 times. It's because they prefer something that's familiar to them. Um, which is why it then becomes important to expose them to different foods in a non-threatening way and in a fun way. So the way to do this is to try and encourage your children to help participate in making foods and making food choices and sitting around a table together and eating the foods together. So even though they may not eat you know, the stir-fried spinach, for example, that you've just made, it'll be on the table, they'll see it on the table, perhaps, and they'll see you eating it and P.S. enjoying it, you know, with a smile on your face. And as you know, children often learn by mimicking, by copying us as parents. And then perhaps the next time, it'll still be on the table. Maybe they'll have a look at it, they'll touch it, maybe they'll smell it, they'll taste it. And then eventually the hope is that then they'll actually eat it. And that comes to, you know, again, just persevering, not giving up and offering those same foods again um, to try and steer out of that um, all-white diet that I do see very, very often um, in my rooms in practice. So you mentioned there about trying new foods and have it be interesting and exciting and fun. Would you recommend that we explore that idea in our homes or can we also I suppose take them to other places to try foods because one of my biggest parenting fails was taking my daughter out to a musical and getting really excited and taking her to a Thai restaurant where there was nothing that she could eat and I had no backups so she had to go to the musical and just eat a whole stack of popcorn Um, is actually taking them out of the home environment recommended or do you think to do it at home is going to be more successful? I think across all places. So I don't think it should just be at home. 
Um, I sometimes actually find that children, when they eat out, because they're distracted by other things and because the focus isn't necessarily on just them and what they're eating, they often will eat. So uh, I'm sorry you had that unfortunate experience. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, you know, it obviously has to be taste appropriate for children. So usually children won't like spicy hot foods, although, again, that's a cultural thing. Um, so, yes, I, I do think it needs to be at home as well as out of home. Do you have any tips on ways, let's just say you have a child at the moment who only eats white foods and mainly pasta. Do you have any tips of ways you can introduce into their eating habits different foods like veggies, etc.? Some people talk about hiding the vegetables in sauces, but if you've got a child who won't touch any kind of sauce at all, that doesn't really help. No, it doesn't. And also, it's not something that I necessarily agree with long term. You know, if you are hiding all your vegetables in a sauce, you know, you don't really want to be doing that when your child is about to start university. <laughs> so um, I think that if you are going to try and hide um, vegetables in sauces, then it, you also need to offer the whole food as well. Um, and in terms of, of um, children who are very particular about their food, um, it's variable how adamant they will be to refuse new foods. So, and then you start edging towards a child who perhaps needs a little bit more one-on-one input from their healthcare provider. Um, but generally speaking, I find that if you offer the child in terms of their plate, if you offer them two of the foods that they're comfortable with and then one new food, that often is, the, that often is a way to um, encourage them to try new things while not making them go hungry. Um, so, and, and again, just offering again and again and again. Are there any particular foods that parents uh, are reluctant to offer their kids that we should be doing more of? Oh, that's an interesting question, one I've not been asked before. Um, I think that parents are often hesitant to offer their children lots of herbs and spices. And sorry, I know I did mention earlier about not spicy foods, but there I was referring more to hot spicy foods. Um, I think that it's often thought that, oh, well, you know, my child won't like to have basil. They won't like to have, you know, thyme, sage, whatever it may be. And I've found, you know, we've got a little herb patch actually just on our windowsill. And my, I've, I've got an 18-month-old and a 3-year-old, and they love it. They love especially my three-year-old, you know, she picks the leaves up, she, she smells them, she knows what the different herbs are, and she likes to have a bit of a taste of them. And I think this is a wonderful way just really to expand your, ch- your child's taste buds and encourage them to explore different tastes. Deb, thank you so much for speaking with us today. No worries. That was specialist paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy. And for more of Deb's advice, you can head to kindling.com.au where we will have some more links. 